0: Welcome to Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. I'm film critic Gary Cogill, and this week we're back talking about two terrific new Oscar-contending films. A Rival, starring Amy Adams as a linguist trying to communicate with aliens who have something to say. And Loving, the true story of Richard and Mildred Loving. They were married back in 1958 and then arrested in Virginia for actually being married because he was white and she was an African-American.
1: And I'm wine expert Haley Hamilton Cogill. We have a big Dallas & Cork dinner coming up this Sunday with an incredible wine from Vintner-turned-winery owner David Beckstoffer and his kata wine. To me, that seemed like the perfect pairing for this week's featured film. Also, we are just back from Hawaii where we had a chance to attend a few special events on the Big Island, including a dinner with famed chef Hubert Keller that was part of the Hawaii Food and Wine Festival. We'll have a lot more our our Hawaiian adventure a little bit later. But first Gary, tell me about Arrival. I didn't get a chance to see it.
0: Well, I, I just I can't wait to talk about this film. Arrival I think is one of those kind of profound achievements in film. I'm well, not going to go and say it's the movie of the year. It's the movie of the decade. It, it's not that, but it's so good and it's introspective and it's intellectually stimulating. At least it was to me. And it's ultimately a very emotional and very personal film. It's a, about reconciliation. So just keep that in the back of your mind. But it, it's basically a modern day science fiction film about um, these little these like orbs orbs the, yeah. in the sky the orbs in the sky there's about a dozen of them and they land at different parts around the world one of them's in Montana one's in China you know one's in Russia and everybody doesn't know what to do with them and it scares everybody and mm-hmm. she's a linguist and she's teaching at a college and uh, she's done some government work before and all of a sudden um, school's let out the nation's going crazy uh, everybody's trying to figure out what's going on or are we about to be invaded and uh, Forrest Whitaker shows up, and he's the military guy. And he's so good because you kind of learn a little bit about how the military works just by his performance in the film. And he shows up with Jeremy Renner, who's a mathematician. Who we love. Uh, who we love, Jeremy Renner. And so it's really the three of them, but she the whole film is told through her point of view. And uh, they grab her and say, uh, we want to send you up inside this thing because we're trying to communicate. We want to know if they're going to invade us or they're nice. We don't know. And we can't speak to them. Well, what do they look like? Well, you'll see. And I'm not going to tell you a, a whole lot more other than they, they fly her out there and she gets in, uh, you know, like a hazmat suit because they don't know if it's radioactive or not. And this little, this orb opens up about for about 15 minutes every day and they're there. And then they, they send her on a cherry picker up in it. And then she's kind of lifted up because of the gravity inside. And it's really fascinating what happens to her inside. So, and it's all about communication.
1: And it's pretty, this is pretty much Amy Adams. This is her film,
0: right? I I think it's the, th- yes, I think it's all, it, it really is her film. In fact, this is an Oscar, if this is not an Oscar nomination, there's something really wow. wrong here. It's the best female performance I've seen so far this year. I'm going to go so far as to say it's the best film so far I've seen all year. Wow. There's a lot of really good Oscar contending films yeah. to come in November and December, but so far, I mean, I mean Hell or High Water, Jungle Book. I think a rival, because it made me think a lot, because if you're, just, if you're that person, say you're the linguist, and you're a smart woman, Haley, somebody comes and grab, you know, you're watching the news and, oh my God, the world's blowing up and everything's going crazy and we don't know what's going on, these things have landed, and they grab you and say, Try to, try to have a conversation because you have the gift of, gift of hospitality, (laughs) Haley. Go in, go in and meet these aliens and you don't even know what they look like. Right. And in the film, they show everything. They show you exactly what they look like. They show you what's going on, how they communicate. They show you what's going on inside the ship. It's absolutely fascinating. fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to tell you anything, but also what's going on in your life to make you either scared to do that or not want to do that or to, or Or jump in, or jump in with both feet. Yeah um and she has a whole lot going on in the movie and so about you know i read some stuff that there's a twist in this movie and yes there's a twist i think at the end but there there's a point in the movie where what she's going through has so much to do with uh, how she communicates mm-hmm. She has a lot of flashbacks in her life, mm-hmm. and and that's all gonna. I keep. Ex- you're, you're I just keep teasing me. Explaining <laughs> yes. a little bit more. It's directed by a guy yeah, named Den- a- Dennis Villeneuve, and I, I'm probably butchering his name, but he's a French Canadian guy. Villeneuve. Right? Yeah, Villeneuve. Yes, and he did two of our favorite films the last couple of years: Prisoners, a very dark, difficult film with difficult. Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. about but uh, really kid- good. And kidnapping. Of it, yes, yeah. and then Sicario. Which, which we love. is a genius film, and uh, I, I think one of the best five films of last year. And he's born in Quebec. He studied at the University of Quebec, and I think he's taken all of his films up to the next level on this one. Wow! So everything about this film works for me. It reminded me of Contact with Jodie Foster. It reminded me of Close Encounters Ooh. because you don't know if you're going to have a sense of wonder or a sense of we got to get or our fear. guns going yeah. or fear. And there's there's really a sense of both in all of these things. And and I I maybe a
1: little gravity also just a based little bit on of the...
0: gravity because it's about her and mm-hmm. what's going on in her life because that was a lot of gravity with mm-hmm. Sandra Bullock's character. So I think it's, this film is smart as a whip, and it's about smart people. Mm-hmm. And and so when you have them do what they do and do it as well as they can, and then and then you have the other side: what's going on with the aliens, and who are they, and why are they here? And all your questions are answered in the movie. And at the end of the movie, and I'll, I'm going to say this: the movie begins. I love this. The opening scene begins. I'm all in. The music's great. Everything about this is a great director, great actress. This is, this is going to go well. And the opening scene is she's sitting in her home. It's kind of melancholy. She's by herself. It's her narration and there's a bottle of wine in a glass and she pours it into the glass and it's a red. And I have no idea what she's drinking.
1: Gosh, I wish we knew. (laughs) And there's another
0: scene in the movie, I won't say where it is, that's kind of monumental, where she pours herself a glass of wine and it's that same thing.
1: Well, you know. So, the movie's
0: really bookended with a glass of wine. Because
1: everything should be bookended with a glass of wine. And it's a
0: great, it's, it's not a good film. I think it's a great film. I think it's the best film I've seen so far this year. So, uh, the wine reference is there for me. I don't know what they're drinking. What's the wine reference for well, you? Well,
1: and I, I'm i going to give a little bit of background on sure. what the actual wine is and then um, kind of th- where the name came from that I thought really might um, might make this the perfect pairing for arrival. But uh, Kata Wine, um, K-A-T-A. Uh, kind of in its basic form, how it started with David Beckstoffer. Um, David Beckstoffer is a son of Andy Beckstoffer. He's a CEO and president of uh, Beckstoffer Vineyards, some of the finest fruit grown in Napa Valley. Um, Andy, his father, always kind of just wanted to be a vintner um, and and a very, very good vintner. David, a few years ago, decided that he wanted to actually make a wine as well, brought in a uh, winemaker, Benoit Touquet, uh, that is is kind of a Napa Valley rising star. He is French, um, but he's the winemaker right now for Realm, La Panza, Familiar Air. He has, a, has several different uh, labels that he works with, including his own, which is Fate Maine and Kata. So they joined together. 2011 was their first vintage um, Cabernet Sauvignon, and it's from the Beckstarfer Born Vineyard in St. Helena. I'm a huge fan of St. Helena fruit. I think that's uh, the St. Helena and then Howl Mountain are kind of two of my favorite areas of Napa Valley. It's bold, it's powerful, but there's also such elegance and finesse and refinement. And it's got great structure and texture and, and they're big wines. And it's also interesting um, at our dinner on Sunday, we're actually doing it, the inaugural vintage 2011, as well as 2013. So it's a cool vintage and a hot vintage and just, which basically means it was hot that year. And in 2011, it was cool. Um, and And so, kind of the differences in what you know what we call tewa, which is the sun and the soil and the elevation and the the wind exposure and all of these things that make up um, what happens in a vineyard so important how that affects um, the fruit and a hot vintage versus a cold vintage. So, very, very excited. The wine is just lovely, but the name is what I really found to be so interesting and in how David came up with the name um, for the winery. So, kata, it's a Japanese word. Um, it's, kata are detailed choreographed patterns of movements practiced either solo or in pairs. That's kind of the definition for it. It is a, a martial arts term. Um, it's used in theater like kabuki. It's used in um, schools of tea ceremony um, and then most commonly used in martial arts like judo and karate and aikido. Um, and and David's a, a big practicer of, of these martial arts and the ideology and the connection that uh, you kind of you have to allow a company of persons to engage using systematic approach instead of individuals going kind of random and and not having and and kind of going off on their own and doing things very uncoordinated and it sounded like you know how 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 at least the americans how amy adams character the the americans chose to to deal with these orbs by coming together and figuring out and finding the, the best way to to communicate with them. And I think that's also something that's so important in winemaking. You can't just, like everything has a structure. And I think David's very, very structured and that's how they've been able to, to grow such pristine vineyards um, with such beautiful fruit because there has to be structure, there has to be order but from that comes something that's really beautiful and very kind of magical and mystical and, and
0: and and passionate so i'm fascinated by the name yeah and that he does martial arts very much so and yeah. also um i'm fascinated by people that grow grapes that farm but don't make wine and then Event now eventually he is. Right. But for for years they just Andy had
1: no had no in, had interest and he just wanted to be a farmer and there are there are quite a few Bentoners.
0: That happens a lot. Yeah.
1: I think that when because you you either want to get your hands dirty, you want to be in the field, or you want to be a, a chemist, and and it's rare that you'll find a, a winemaker that's also a vintner, and if they are, it's a vigneron, and and they're, um, I think they're, it happens more commonly in Europe where, where families have always kind of managed a few rows of vines and then made wine in their basement, especially, I'm just thinking, Riach comes to mind where hmm. everybody had a few vines along with all their own crops, and and kind of would just make make wine in their basements, that sort of, of thing. But um, but it's exciting and it's really exciting. I think it's it's such a it's such a famous name. Beckstoffer is such a, a well respected name in Napa Valley and and I think that David's kind of doing this uh, you know, it does say Beckstoffer Born Vineyard on on his bottles, but it's also a way for him to kind of shine and and show what what he does and and a different kind of side of his passion. So, really, really, really beautiful wine. It's, so I it's going to be a really special, special night.
0: We've tasted this wine together, yeah. And I, I I'm going to say with him
1: and with Andy yeah, with which him was, and yeah,
0: that's a giddy moment for you. Yeah, it, it to was hang kind out of with Beckstoffer. Yeah. yeah, which is really it's like me hanging out with Coppola. Yeah, and Me hanging out with Spielberg and. Or Especially somebody that I, right, right, yeah, because I respect the
1: them so much,
0: yeah. But but I I'm, I'm, I remember that taste, and I remember going. Yeah I mean wow. every once in a while you drink a glass of wine and you just go wow yeah. you just go wow because it's so elegant and it's so there's so much in harmony going on in that glass
1: Well and it's so interesting cuz there's it's still so young you know we we're, we're going to try the 11 and the 13th uh, as I mentioned 2011 and 2013 but these are wines that will age for 15 20 years right. so there's there's they're beautiful now but man the potential for them is just incredible that yeah,
0: cool yeah. kata, Yeah uh, it's it's a good it's a great pairing. You want to move on to another film?
1: Yes, tell me about loving. Well, I want to
0: tell you about loving. Um, wow, loving is this thoughtful, very soft spoken really beautiful film. It's based on a true story, and it's a historical drama. It's written and directed by Jeff Nichols, and Jeff Nichols, I think, was the Little Rock guy yeah. from Arkansas, and uh, he's done some really good films. We'll get to that in a second. But Loving, back in 1958, uh, Richard and Mildred Loving fell in love, and they're, they're pretty poor. They live on the outskirts of town. He's white. She's African-American. Um, their community doesn't think anything of it. But the white racist cops and the judges and everybody else in that little racist community um, think everything of it. And they won't stand for it. Plus, um it's illegal to get married. And so they fell in love and they're, they're going to have a baby and they get pregnant and they're, I mean, they're very sweet, hardworking couple. He's a, he's a bricklayer and he's really good at what he does. Everybody likes all of them, but they run off to Washington DC and get married. And then they come back and they're living very comfortably, very quietly. And they're, they're not making a fuss about everything. And of course, as in these movies go, they break into their house at night, pull them out of bed. She's pregnant and they put them both in, in jail. Wow. And they bail him out and let her stay. And then uh, they won't let him bail his own wife out. They won't even acknowledge but that they're married. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, it is against the law. And so, uh, in Virginia, it's against the law. 1958. And interracial marriage in nineteen fifty. So, it goes all the way, uh, in, I think a number of years later, but um, eventually makes it all the way to the Supreme Court in 1967.
1: How long did she have to stay in jail?
0: Uh, she was in jail for the weekend, but they had uh, back and forth different episodes. At one point, they had to move, they had to plea bargain, guilty, go on probation, and leave the state. Wow! So, they went to live in Washington, D.C., and they were very, very unhappy. And They just wanted to be with her family. She wants to be with her family and her parents, and he loves them too. And so they finally make it all the way back, and they force, and it goes all the way to the Supreme Court. And Virginia, what bothers me is that Virginia is in there pleading the case, yeah. saying this should be illegal, and, it's and a the Southern court, State. Of course, like, they won, know. and that Supreme Court unanimous. It was a unanimous decision in in 1967, which holds the law prohibit- prohibiting interracial as unconstitutional as it should Absolutely. be. Absolutely. Joel Edgerton is the guy. He's an Australian actor. He's been. He was in Star Wars yeah. Episode Two, and he's been in. He was. He, he was, was in
1: Gatsby. That's what I. Remember. He was in Gatsby. Yeah. And he
0: was in Exodus: Gods and yeah, Kings. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's Ramses the Second. Yeah. But he's and I and he directed and he had, f- and
1: he had um con- he had colored contacts in yes so he did so he didn't look like himself
0: <laughs> yeah and he's very bald in that movie yes yes he looks like my dad in this movie <laughs> Ruth Negga is Ethiopian Irish actress the African American actress in this film she was in Warcraft and Agents Marvel's Agents of Shield. But she's uh, Ethiopian-Irish and lived in London since 2006. These are really great Oscar-level performances. And I'm going to say this about the film. It's a very quiet, soft-spoken film. These are not loud people. These are not Trumpsters. These are very quiet people who uh, just want to go unnoticed, and they can't. They and and want to live their
1: lives and be quiet. And yeah. at one
0: point, uh, uh, Michael Shannon shows up as a Time magazine, uh, or as a Life magazine photographer, and that's what took the whole thing nationally. He just took pictures of them in love, watching TV on their couch, watching Andy Griffith's show, yeah. and laughing, and yeah. that they're a normal couple. And they are a normal couple. It just wasn't recognized back people. then. It, I'm just astounded, Haley, that in this is still in my lifetime. In your
1: lifetime, exactly. In my
0: lifetime in 1958, that that was going on. And it, and it's, and it's, it, it's just, it's amazing to watch and to see what they went through because they went through it for years and years and years. And, and, um, uh, it, it's, it's so soft spoken that some movies just want to scream at you and say, Hit look how the important head. we are. Yeah. This is just the opposite.
1: But through that. that, their message probably yeah. comes through so much clearer.
0: Yeah. So much clearer. Yeah, because there's no noise. The noise are the people that are against it. There's no noise from them. They're, they're, they're very respectful, interesting people. And I think she's the big thing in this film. I think that's possibly an Oscar nomination for her nice. in this film. It's that good. And it's really great directing and really great. This is the guy that did Mud. And then he did Midnight Special and he did mm-hmm. Take Shelter. So mm-hmm. he's done some really good little films. Kind of like, uh, the rival director. He's taken it up a notch and this is a, this is an Oscar-level film. Nice. All right. Good wonderful, stuff. Wonderful. Wonderful. Hey, when we come back on Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, we're going to take a look back at our last five weeks on the big island of Hawaii. I know you're jealous, oh, and gosh. you should be, including the Hawaiian uh, Food and Wine Festival or the Hawaii Food and Wine Festival. And Festival? Food, yes. And uh, a Palmire dinner at a one-of-a-kind resort that we attended. The resort's called Kohaniki, and we'll be right back.
1: Welcome back to Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. Great movies. I can't wait to see them both, Gary. Thanks for that. That was a fantastic discussion. Um, Did mention at the top of the show that we did just get back from our glorious extended stay on the Big Island of Hawaii. And, Gary, I'm just really, really trying to remember why... (laughs) He decided to come back.
0: <laughs> I think when people get on the airline and they leave Hawaii, especially the Big Island, most of the time they're in tears. They, well, I and was. they're leaving late in the afternoon or early evening because mm-hmm. they have to fly all night somewhere to get out of there. And uh, I, I we know that feeling. We came back because we had to vote. It was, you know, voting day was we, this week. We got
1: back and so we could vote. Yeah. And I'm so glad they they <laughs> called our state as we were, like, leaving the, the voting booth. It's like, wait, I just voted. Have you
0: calculated me yeah, yet? Yeah, you haven't calculated me yet, but, um, but you called the great state of Texas early on Yes, so, yeah. but— um, but being on the Big Island and participating—I mean, we drank so much good wine while we were there. Of course, we travel with wine. We
1: traveled with yes. We we arrived with with sixteen bottles, and I think <laughs> we had um, the the UPS and FedEx guys that we adore did did show up soon
0: after. <laughs> they did, and we took our Apple box so we could watch stuff.
1: Yes, it was just a really really um, exciting and and fantastic time, and and a really beautiful time. We yeah. we our hearts are in in Hawaii, and and. And it's place that we do cherish every time we get to go. But one thing we got to do, which I, I thought was was very exciting it and is fun. exciting to see kind of the growth of, of this particular festival over the past few years. So the Hawaii Food and Wine Festival, um, we attended an event on the Big Island. They haven't done a lot of events on the Big Island, but it's a two-week multi-island festival now it takes place on Maui, Oahu, and the Big Island. Started six years ago uh, by chefs Hawaiian chefs Alan Wong and Ray Yamaguchi, that they both uh, kind of came together to hope with the hope to show consumers as well as chefs around the country and around the world. Really, the beauty of and the bounty of the islands, and and I think that that's something that's so exciting. They started in Oahu, have now expanded out to to the two other islands, um, Hawaii. I actually had somebody ask me before we left; they they didn't realize that Hawaii was a series of islands. Yeah, you can't drive <laughs> from island to island. <laughs> so, They're not
0: connected uh, <laughs> by. It's not like the Florida Keys. No, in not fact, at all. it's an effort to get <clears throat> from one island to the other. And
1: and that's why I think another reason why expanding. To 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 the different islands is is kind of a cool thing, but um, how how the who what the the base of the Hawaii Food and Wine Festival was and how it started really came out of the growth of the Hawaiian regional cuisine called the HRC movement, which began twenty five years ago. That um, chefs Wong and Yamaguchi were both uh, two of the original chefs, along with Peter Merriman, who is from the Big Island that we love, Sam yeah. Choi, Amy Ferguson, who is also on the Big Island, and I had a chance to travel. Uh, when I did my Cake Bread American Harvest Workshop several years ago, she had actually been a chef that was a part of that and was at that festival. So, um, kind of helping, again, to to showcase the Hawaiian cuisine throughout uh, the country and throughout the world. And and it really started because I think that there was a time that, that everyone thought Hawaiian food was just, you know— uh, pork was roasted pig in a, in the ground and Mm -hmm. macadamia nut crusted chicken and, and, or fish. And that there is still a lot of that. But the, the beauty of Hawaii is it's this amazing fusion of, of so many different countries and so many different cuisines. That if you think about the cultures of, of the Hawaiian people, it's the Polynesians, but it's also Japanese and Filipino and Korean and Chinese and, and the Thai and European and, and, um, you know, traditional kind of um, mainland American. So it's all of these people that, that have come together in this culture, um, that, that really have, have brought everything that gets to Hawaii Had to come from someplace else. They, they're, they do have some native, um, products like taro taro. and arrowroot. uh, But everything else kind of had to come over in what they call these canoe crops, like the breadfruit and sweet potatoes and yams. And, and, and so all of that kind of had to, was celebrated and, and showcased by this HRC movement. And then, as the festival began, the mission was to highlight the diversity of all these things and spread the message uh, of of what Hawaiian cuisine is, as well as the local products that have now grown out of out of people living in Hawaii to these incredibly highly acclaimed chefs, like the Kauai shrimp that we adore, the Kona lobster, yes, the the, the hearts of palm. And from from all of the the palm trees that are scattered everywhere, Maui onions that you know my favorite, the Hamakua mushrooms from the Hamakua coast that are just so beautiful. I'm and, a big
0: fan of the Camoella tomatoes
1: and the Camoella tomatoes that I'm a big fan that, of that we that we love. Um, and and so the one event we we did get to go to there was one event on the Big Island. Um, it was called Hot Lava.
0: Hotter cuisine. Hot lava, hotter cuisine. Well, and
1: I loved it. And we are a huge fan of Chef Hubert Keller. Yeah, um, he's a rock star he, chef, and he
0: was there. I'm a little in awe.
1: It, they brought in Nancy yeah. Silverson from Moza, um, um Michelle Bernstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, there there were some great chefs, but Hubert in particular had a chance to just grab him really quickly. And he made a braised uh, beef cheek that was just dreamy and fall apart. It was and dreamy. Gorgeous and um, kind of saying... You know, chef, beautiful dish. His whole focus was like, no, my I, everything about what I did was based on the product. So he talked about the mace, which is kind of like a a, a form of nutmeg.
0: Okay, mace is something you spray something when well, you're it's a cop. Not, no, it's it's <laughs> but mace it's m a c e it's, M-A-C, yes, it's yes, mace.
1: Yes, but it's a it's a it's an herb. It's a part of it's a or it's I think it's the the outer. Um, Like a a nutmeg pod, it's the outer layer. So, it's
0: like nutmeg?
1: So, it has a, but I think it has a much more herbal flavor to it. But, yes, it's it's part of the nutmeg plant. And... The farmer for the mace was there, and he was so excited about talking to her and, and saying, no, meet her. She's the one that—this is, this is why my this food tastes so good, was because of her, her herb that, that I was able to use, and it's never tasted anywhere like it tastes in Hawaii, yeah. which I just found to be so special. Um, it's, it's a huge event. The Oahu events included our you know good Texas buddies, Chef Dean Fearing, Chef Tim Love— Uh, Robert DelGround from Cafe Annie in Houston, 23 James Beard Award winners, 21 Top Chef stars, 20 Iron Chefs, Morimoto was there. Um, We
0: drank some good wine, too, And some
1: beautiful wines. Uh, Mia Klein, who's also another favorite. I've talked about her many times on the show. Um, Donald Pats with Pats and Hall, Matt Duncan of Silver Oak. It's a big event. The one event that took place on the, the big island, it was a sold-out event for 300 people. It would be cool to, to see the Oahu events because that's where they really do. Once
0: again, the, you can't drive there.
1: You can't drive there. You'd have to actually take Mokulele Air and, and Island Hopaloo. M- Mokulele minute. Airlines.
0: By the way, we were staying only really probably about eight, five or six miles. Down the road from the event, right? We got to drive there, so it was so easy for us.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And but to walk into that ballroom and see that ballroom and see three hundred people at a sit-down dinner—they've uh, been planning this for a long, long time. It was cool with uh, you know, with, with an Hawaiian music band. <laughs>
1: yes, and
0: and lots of flames. Lots of flames. flames. Lots of yes.
1: It's hot lava. Hot. You know, it's hotter yeah. cuisine. There's
0: something really charming and really cool about that. It's
1: and, it's it was cool. It was neat and and. It'll be it'll be fun yeah. to see how the the festival kind of grows over the yeah. the next few years or many years. Yeah, that, was, um,
0: that was a big night on the Big Island for us.
1: It was. That was. But we also had an incredible Big Island night.
0: Yes, we did. So, night, so just
1: the night before,
0: actually, it, it was the night before. So there's this. <laughs> new kind of uh, i don't know how to call it it's a private resort called Kohana and Nikki yes and Nikki and you want to call it Koha but it's Kohana Nikki yeah. and uh it's they've been building it near the airport on the big island near Kona on the Kona side um, for a number of years, we've been kind of watching this progression, progression. go. And mm-hmm. we've been invited out a few times. So we got invited by a friend of ours to go out there. And of course, the great Marty, Marty picks us up in a golf cart and takes us on a tour right away. Marty Mar-
1: Kider's their director Mar- of golf.
0: Marty Kider's their, their
1: well, social ambassador as well. well. Marty
0: is the king of fun. Yes, he is. And anything that happens there, I'm sure Marty's got a little bit of a hand in. So yes. he takes us on this tour. And, you know, we're looking at this really great place and, it, and, and there's a lot of famous people go. There and it, it, it it's one of those most beautiful golf courses I've ever seen. A
1: hundred acre oceanside Reese Jones, a designed mile
0: of ocean front golf course. Yes. Yeah, and course. every every place there faces the ocean.
1: Every every residence, from my understanding, yeah. that they're building either or is built has an ocean view. It's a four hundred and fifty acre resort. It's huge, or and, but it's not. a There's no hotel on it. It's either residential or it is a golf club.
0: So we got invited, uh, they they met in a little corner and looked at us and whispered <laughs> and said, ooh, Haley's a really famous wine well, writer. Well, no, Gary's so
1: really cool and, 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 and Marty likes movies. And, and I'm nobody, Marty <laughs>
0: does like movies. And then they come back and said, hey, we're having a Paul Meyer dinner uh, on Saturday night. Yeah. Would you guys like to be our guests? And why don't you come out early and just spend the day at the resort and swim in the ocean and swim in the pool and... Go to, the, go to the comfort stations yes. where you can get a bloody Mary whenever you want and and have dinner. Uh, and and by the way, Cleo Palmyre is gonna be there. Right. And they're gonna pour the wine. It's probably about forty people. 40, it, well, 50 and people. I liked
1: how intimate it was. It very was very, it was all members and it was very intimate. Um, Cleo is the daughter of Jason Palmyre that started Palmyre Wines. Um, Beautiful Napa Valley wines. I love
0: Palmira wines. They're
1: stunning, and I I think that uh, Paul Meyer's his higher end, but even his entry level Jason wines, I think are are so, kind of just classic Napa Valley wines. You you know what you're going to get. You're going to get great fruit with with character and structure from their their vineyard. Is up. Want to say Atlas Peak Stagecoach um, Stagecoach Vineyard, kind of near there, so uh, at higher elevation mountain fruit. Um, but always just so, it's always, I always get so excited when I see that I get to drink a Paul Meyer. And
0: you've, how many wine dinners do you think you've been in your life? I, been I, to? I've
1: been to hundreds. Hundreds? Yeah, Over probably. a thousand? Oh, I don't, sure. Yeah, I, I'm sure. not sure. Of course, yeah. Well,
0: I've been to hundreds with you. Yes. <laughs> but there's something about Meeting on the beach.
1: Well, there was something, yeah.
0: And having some great wine, introductory wine. Walking down the ocean front with forty, fifty people that yeah. you've never met, except for Marty and his <laughs> wife Lynn. And then this beautiful restaurant at sunset on the ocean, and they're pouring Palmyre and they're they're, uh, they're pairing wines with quizzing
1: with trade winds, with light yeah. trade winds coming through, and 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 in this very very special place. I think that we both kind of had this this very peaceful feeling at Kohaniki um, and and there are there's so many beautiful uh, resorts hotels that that you can if you're if you're going to the Big Island and need a hotel, the Four Seasons at Hualalai is always, you know, run as fast as you can.
0: It's one of the most beautiful places on earth I've ever been.
1: But if you're right. looking for a residence, then this is a really incredible place to to think about. And I had the same feeling there that I did when we went to Kapalua um, on Maui a couple of years ago because it's it's a place that really has honored the 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 history and the tradition. Of the Hawaiian people, yep. and and I think that and and you really get that that feeling throughout the the entire um, four hundred and fifty acre estate or or, or um, club, yeah, and um, and it's something that that should be honored. You you you. There was a time that and the not so distant past no. hawaiian natives weren't allowed to speak their native language they couldn't
0: even where they lived speak their own language or
1: celebrate their heritage it was, it was very
0: oppressive or
1: or or dance the hula which is which is very much an expression of of their language and their culture right and and so now you you find places it seems that there are some of these um, very luxurious resorts that want to to enjoy their luxury while really, really embracing the the reason that we're all there, right. and and so to find to see petroglyphs and to to have um ha- have the lava rock stay in its place to, to keep the to,
0: natural fish ponds
1: to keep the natural fish ponds to, to save mm. the uh, uh kind of holding area that was where the the. Hawaiians that lived in the mountains would come down to to Kaua Iniki and on donkeys with their goods and trade with fishermen coming in and and so, to save that kind of structure which I had never mm-hmm. seen a structure like that um, as much as we've traveled through Hawaii it was just kind of a a beautiful kind of nod to to the history of of this this really special place there was such a a kind of sense of calm and and a place you can you could stop and breathe and 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 realize the importance of of why this place is there I, yeah i was i was quite enchanted i will say
0: yeah i i think when you stand there and breathe that air and swim in that ocean or swim in that pool yes and, and you, you just have a chance to slow down and kind of breathe it. It's a very Zen moment. Very much so. But at the same time, there, there's something really healthy about it. Mm-hmm. There's something really, if you put on a lot of sunblock, it's a very healthy. And then of course you add a really good glass of wine. I think that's the most healthy of all.
1: Well, and, and I'm going to say the best, both ahi and then Ahi pokey. When the the pokey at Koaniki was the I don't think I've had a better plate of pokey in my entire life. And that's actually a, a Hawaiian fish dish. It's not Gary poking me. So
0: uh, it's not it's not that <laughs> I'm just going to say market no it's a place that we love and we we just think it's a beautiful place and it's a it's a place we will go back again and again and again and we hope we hope if you ever get a chance to look up Koha and Niki yeah. and you get a chance to go there um, the staff was
1: lovely do it just, Every,
0: everything was really, really... It's, it's all good. Hey, um, let's wrap it up here. Next week on Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, Warren Beatty, he's the Oscar-winning director of Reds and Heaven Can Wait. He has a new film co-starring his wife, Annette Bening. It's called Rules Don't Apply, and we're going to see it between now and then. Also, the great Ang Lee's got a new film uh, that t- takes place during the halftime of the annual Thanksgiving Day Dallas Cowboys football game. It's called Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. It's getting ready to go wide, especially around the country right now. Curious about that one. And then J.K. Rowling's got the film Fantastical Beasts. And we'll see that between With Eddie Redmayne, right? With Eddie Redmayne, and we everything love. about that film looks good to me. I mean, if, if you can top Harry Potter, because I think Harry Potter is on a high level, let's see if she can top Harry Potter when these films can do that. That's all coming up next week.
1: God, it's such a great time of the year. Such a great
0: time for movies. But for
1: any of the films or wines we talked about today, please check out our blog on cogillconsulting.com or through our Facebook page, Follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Cogill, and to see what we're drinking now, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallas Uncorked.
0: And with that, I'm Gary Cogill, and as usual, I'm looking for the next great film. And
1: I'm Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine.
0: Join us next time on Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing.